You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Marketing has changed a lot in the past decade or so. And that is a really good thing for yoga teachers who pretty much just want to help people use the tools of yoga to live better lives and don't want to use what feels like unethical marketing strategies. The most common type of marketing these days is called content marketing, and it's based on building trust through free content, such as videos, blog posts, emails, and social media posts. And the reason it is the most common type of marketing these days is because it really works to build trust with the people that you want to work with. This podcast is an example of content marketing. Many yoga teachers will listen to it, get a ton of value and never pay me a penny. That is completely fine. The key to sustainability, of course, is that enough people pay me for my programs and services to account for the work that I put into the podcast. This did not happen right away, but fortunately, the creative challenge of producing the podcast kept me going until people started signing up to work with me. Creating powerful content that makes a positive impact in the world without burning out or diluting your attention isn't easy, but it sure is rewarding and it is fun. Today's podcast episode is an on-air coaching call with a yoga teacher who created 100 yoga class sequences over the course of about six months during the pandemic. Julie came to me for advice about what to do with these sequences and how to get them into the hands of people who will use and appreciate them. Let's dive into the conversation where you will hear what I think she can do to use the sequences to build trust and ultimately inspire people to work with her. Julie, welcome to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. I'm so happy and excited to have this conversation with you today. Well, thank you, Mado. Thank you so much for asking me to come on and respond to my request. And um, as we just uh, had a conversation just about how useful and resourceful the Yoga Teacher um, podcast and the offerings have been to me, especially in the recent months. Well, tell me what you're hoping to get out of our time together today. I'm hoping um, to look at some of my offerings and how to broaden my offerings. I think I started developing a lot of content. And then after listening to a podcast with you and the gal from um, the UK, really the better thing is to develop the following and then build the content around them. I do realize that, but just like you interviewed 100 people during COVID, I put 100 sequences together. That was one of mine. And now I have these great sequences and it's like, how do I offer them? Um, what do I do with them? Because I think there's such a resource. Um, I've been teaching yoga for about eight years um, and I would love to figure out how to collaborate more with teachers. Um, so that's one, one part. And the other is um, I love hosting retreats. I just love hosting retreats. I was very fortunate this summer because I had a glamping retreat, a virtual retreat that sold out. And it was just COVID ready because it was um, topped off at 10 people. 
it was outdoors. It was July and it went and it went like gangbusters. And this weekend I did a virtual retreat and 20 people came, um, came virtually. And uh, so I think I would like to figure out how to expand my offerings with um, retreats. Um, a little background about me is I was a former and I still do some interior design. So planning retreats, putting that together is something that comes very easily. And then me putting the yoga part together requires all these additional hours, you know, because I'm always second guessing myself. So those are two areas. Okay, awesome. Well, let's start with the sequences. The first thing I'll say is that, yes, it's helpful to start with an audience and build your offerings around that audience, but it's not quite that compartmentalized because you do have to start with something yourself. You, you do have to start with a spark, a passion, a, you know, why would people follow you if you're just a blank slate waiting for them to tell you what to create, right? Sure. So, it's, so it's more of a relationship okay. where you start by following your passion and, and knowing what you're good at and knowing what you really love to do. And you start putting that out there and you pay attention to what gets responses. It sounds like when you're talking about those 100 sequences that you really want to work more with yoga teachers specifically, because or unless you're thinking that there's some other niche of yoga student that would be interested in your sequences. You know, that's a good question because um, I have really taken to that niche and it does really fine tune and narrow things, which is great because, you know, in this yoga universe, there's so many different ways to go Um, and it does give you a start. But I think when I look at these and I see how helpful they are to myself, you know, it, it just makes sense to offer them to others. So I think right now, I would love, um, obviously, I use them myself in weekly classes. But yeah, I would say a niche would be other yoga teachers. And so there's a lot of different things you could do with this. I mean, the most obvious one is to turn it into a book Mm -hmm. and publish it as a book of yoga sequences. If you like writing, a lot of yoga books are like this, where there's just a little bit of an introduction, and then there's these, these sequences And you would just kind of write a little paragraph about like, why choose the sequence? Basically, what's the kind of thought process behind it? Then you do the sequence. And then a lot of times there'll be images involved. So you might have like 80% of a book already written with your 100 sequences. Now, obviously books are not the way that people get rich (laughs) or even really (laughs) make their living very for most people. And so what a book does do, though, is it is a fantastic credibility marker. So once you have the book written, then people who buy the book become exposed to you, see you as a leader, and they might want to take a workshop with you. They might want to go on retreat with you. They might want to take an online course with you about sequencing, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's two things with sequences, right? There is okay, here's a sequence somebody's created and it's a really great sequence. But then there is unpacking that sequence so that the person understands why you made the decisions you made and then they can make their own sequences. When you're talking about just having these sequences and offering them to teachers, that's wonderful. And that might be more appropriate for 
newer teachers who are like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed with all of this. I just want a sequence to follow. And I want to have a chance to get a rhythm and feel confident just standing in front of the room and leading people through a sequence. And, and it's just too much time and energy and I don't trust my own sequences, right? But eventually, as you know, because you're, you're also very passionate about learning, you're taking Anatomy Bites, the Anatomy Bites membership program to really dive deeply into anatomy. What yoga teachers, most of them really want in the long run is to be able to create their own sequences, right? Like somebody else's sequence is a great learning tool and a great starting point, but ultimately you really want to create. That's what's so fun. That's what probably inspired you to create your sequences, right? Cause it's fun. Right. And I, th- I also think that it takes a while to get that type of, um, like you said, whether it's credibility or really, just thinking that you are good enough, you know, to have the knowledge, um, the confidence, you know, so many times we go out there and then you, you talk to people that you admire. You're like, oh, I felt the exact same way. The reason I am taking anatomy bites is because it is something that I find challenging. And so when it is being presented in a way that's very attainable, right? Once a week, the same way that you could once a week doing the, um, the different areas of the body, but you can do the same with sequencing is that you can say, okay, I'm just going to do a twisting class all week long and I'm going to master it and I'm going to understand it, you know, all month long. So let me ask you this. Are you interested in teaching yoga teachers how to sequence? Sure. Love that two formats that I could see working. One would be an online course where you would guide them through a curriculum and, or you could also do a membership around it where it's a learn to sequence membership and you're going to share your sequences, get feedback on your sequences, learn sequencing principles a little bit at a time. So both of those would be, I think, very wonderful projects. Now in saying that, in order to go out there and connect with other teachers, is this something like I know that you've been speaking often to this about collaboration? Is this where you have to jump on with somebody else? No, you don't have to. I mean, so there's, there's a few different stages here, right? So ultimately an online course or a membership is like the final stage, but there is an audience building phase that leads up to it. And so what I would do with your hundred sequences, honestly, is I would create an email list where yoga teachers get a sequence per week. And so you sign up and you get one sequence per week and you would do just like a little intro to that sequence. And that could even be leading you into this book, right? Because every time that you write an email with a little intro to one of the sequences, then that intro is now written as well. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I have another yoga teacher who, who I'm working with Kate Lynch. She has also been on an on-air coaching call and she's doing something similar where she is writing a book and she's releasing chapters of her book at a time as articles because nobody wants to 
you know, read an entire book online, but an article you'll read. And if you like the article and you want to read more, you'll buy the book so that you can actually turn those pages and have that visceral experience. I don't see any problem with like releasing your content in little bits or some of your content in little bits for free as a way of getting known, as a way of building trust with people. And how would you advise to market it? Well, that is a good question. You can definitely go on people's podcasts and talk about sequencing. Mm -hmm. You can go into Facebook groups. You know, there are Facebook groups that have guest presenters. You can go into Facebook groups. You can start your own Facebook group. Maybe you start your own Facebook group that, and, and one of the things I want to be cautious about is like when I envision all the possibilities that you can do as a yoga teacher. And sometimes I throw a lot out there and that doesn't mean that you should do all of them (laughs) because I personally fell into this trap. I'm not saying it didn't work for me, but I tried to do too much for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it did work in the sense that I saw a lot of success in my business, but I really overworked myself for a while. And this summer I ended up hiring two people to help me with all the stuff that I do. And recently I was looking at, you know, our division of responsibilities and it hit me until August, I was doing all of these things by myself. And I was like, that was nuts. That was just crazy. (laughs) That was ridiculous. And, and so I think it's really easy when you're learning from people who are a little bit further along to see what they're doing and think, oh, I should do what they're doing. I want to really encourage yoga teachers to do is to start simpler, start simpler, to, to find something that's working and really just focus on what's working and not try to add extra things until you have ability to hire help basically. Okay. Okay. So I would think about one visibility strategy. So that's one strategy for getting in front of new people, new audiences. And that could be, for example, you find who works with yoga teachers and you can find out who would like you to present a sequencing workshop, a free one hour sequencing workshop to their audience. Or you could create your own Facebook group and you could go into other Facebook groups and just be helpful in those Facebook groups. And and when there is the invitation to share your group, you can do that. You can also change your profile, not your profile picture, but like your banner and, and the information that's listed. You can customize that to a, each specific group that you're in. So that if you go into groups and you just are helpful, like it's what you can do is you can go into all the yoga teacher uh, Facebook groups, which there's so many of them. And Mm -hmm. every time there's a sequencing question, you just answer helpfully. And then a certain number of those people are going to click on your profile and you'll have a link, whether it's the link is to sign up for get one free yoga sequence per week, or whether you decide to open your own Facebook group, you know, Again, right now I'm in the phase of just kind of throwing out a whole bunch of different options, but I I want to make sure that you narrow those down and really kind of keep things simple so that you can do that simple thing really well. Now, do you think that you should have something on your website, even if it's something just like a little carrot 
So because, you know, I feel like my website is a little bit more of my personal offerings. So it doesn't speak as much to yoga teachers as it does to, you know, yoga students. Do you think I should just have like a drop down or something about? I would be curious about like how many people visit your, your website at all? Not many. Not as many. I mean, students do. Students do when I send email with content. But, you know, even on your, I think it was last week when I attended and one of my questions was, how often is too often? Mm-hmm. And your response, and I thought this was very interesting. Your response was, every time I send something out, someone signs up for something. And so I kind of last week when I was doing this virtual retreat, I thought I'd send out one. I send out two. And guess what? Every time someone signed up. And so, you know, it's getting, again, the confidence of saying to yourself, okay, they might unsubscribe. That's okay. What I'm offering, they're not interested in. You know, it's that whole, don't take it personally, right? Mm -hmm. I do think that that is an area that I need to build. Mm -hmm. Of who who is coming to my, you know, uh, websites. And like you said, maybe offering some free workshops will, you know, produce more people. Yeah. Okay. So I was curious about that because if you have something that's really working and it's drawing people, then you you don't want to change it. Okay. But... If you have a website that basically people are only coming to when you tell them, (laughs) when you send them there, then you can change the front of your website to speak to yoga teachers, speak to the people you really want to attract on the homepage of your website. And you can still write your articles and send your other students directly to the articles. You're not going to confuse them if they're not going to your website anyway. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah, I would definitely update your website to reflect your current focus. Okay, that's great. Thank you. So you'll update your website. You will create a landing page for Mm -hmm. this subset of your email list because I know that you have your regular yoga clients, non-teachers on your email list as well. What email marketing platform do you use? Um, Squarespace. Okay. I do not know much about Squarespace and, and their email marketing. What I would be really interested in is to find out how you can segment your list. Okay. And it may be that you actually start a new list for teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like ConvertKit. It's really great for content like this. You can, okay. you can even create it so that you never send out a like a live email unless maybe you're launching your course but that basically you can set up your 100 sequences or maybe you only want to send up let's say let's say you make it a year-long thing and you you do half of them Mm -hmm. so you program 50 emails into ConvertKit and whenever somebody signs up they get start, they start at email number one and once a week on an automated basis, they get one email per week for the year or for however long you want, however long you decide. But that's kind of a cool way to do it. It's almost like a automated challenge, but they don't even know that that's happening to them. It looks like you're sending them an email every week. 
Yeah. And it also makes sense that maybe even to teachers, maybe a hundred sequences sounds like too many. Mm -hmm. That maybe the 50, because the 50 would work with doing it for every week of the year. Right. You know, that would, uh, so yeah, that's something to consider as well. Yeah. And you don't even have to tell them how many they're going to get. You can say, Mm -hmm. sign up to get one sequence per week. So when you say the Yogi um, Facebook pages, mm-hmm. so do you just go to Facebook and just put that in and a bunch come up? Like, it, 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 is there any way that I would narrow it, dem- you know, geographically or? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't narrow it geographically, but you want yoga teacher Facebook pages. Okay. And it, are you a member of my group? I Not am. pages mm-hmm. group. Yeah. So it's likely that while you're in my group, Facebook is showing you on the sidebar other groups that you might be interested in. Oh, okay. So you can just use those, follow those. And that probably would be much more efficient than reaching out to local yoga studios. Well, I don't know. It just depends, honestly, Julie. Like some people do see a lot of traction being active in Facebook groups. I've seen people use that very, very well. And I've also seen people get frustrated by it and feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm just scrolling Facebook all the time and I'm contributing and I'm contributing, but nothing's coming back. As far as reaching out to local studios, I mean, you could offer a sequencing workshop, that would be a nice way to partner with them. I think that putting yourself in the position of being the expert is a faster mode of growth than popping up in Facebook groups and being helpful. Okay. I think it really takes a lot of skill to display your expertise among noise. And I know people who do it well, and it really works for them. Um, but I think that it is much more obvious. This is somebody to pay attention to if the studio or the group owner or whoever it is, is saying, Hey, this is a guest I've invited into our community. You want to pay attention to her. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and, and that's the other thing that I will say last week worked is when I asked a couple other people to send it out via Facebook, you know? And then of course, some people, you know, reach back and say things like, you know, oh geez, you know, I didn't know that you were doing this now, or you you know, people that, because that's what Facebook does is mm-hmm. it brings people together that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay, I, w- I, I will definitely um, do some research around that. Thank you, that's helpful. Yeah, and this could be a place of experimentation where you can kind of try both techniques and don't think of them both as being long-term strategies. Think of this as an experimental phase where you then see which one works better for you, your personality, what you like to focus on, what you're good at, and then go with the one that's working better. Okay, okay, great. So, I mean, I think this is really cool because There are so many yoga teachers. And in fact, just being on my podcast Mm -hmm. is going to be a great start. I wish you had a link you could share already. But by the time that this goes out, let's make sure that you have a link to share and we'll put it in the show notes. And so right there already, I'm sure that tons of people listening are going to be like, I want 50 
sequences. I want to get on this email list. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, that, that will be first on my to-do list. <laughs> get a link. Awesome. Okay. And then here's what I want to say about your other passion, which is fantastic. So you've got this other passion of retreats. I want to caution you against trying to develop both of these at the same time. Okay. Because each one deserves your full attention if that's what you want to do. But you already have a system for retreats, right? Mm -hmm. you're, You're doing something that's already working. So I'm not saying stop doing it. But I am saying like, let's not try to figure out how to leverage these retreats and figure out how to leverage these sequences at the same time. Choose one or the other. Yeah. And, and really, it, it, it's a pretty obvious choice. I mean, right now with COVID, I mean, it's unless you are doing it outside and that's not happening in the winter. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think we'll definitely... Uh, table that. And, you know, I think right now, this is a great start. That could be a follow-up um, for the spring. And um, like I said, I just think what you are offering to us as yoga teachers is just wonderful. It's the, the resources allow us, it, it just allows us to take a step forward because um, it's brought down and and then I'm I'm sure there's a reason you know to to the way that you're doing it. It's a little different than what others have done, and so like I can say because I can speak to anatomy bites. Anatomy bites is just allowing you to really get some information on your own time, and that doesn't often happen. And so I I think that even though we we've been given all this so-called time you know, it's unstructured time. And so a little structure, I think, um, at least personally, has has been very helpful. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because structure makes a huge difference to me too. And it is a great big part of why I've been able to do what I've done because I had visions for years. I had visions, you know, like I'm I, like my brain loves to invent things. So I've had so many visions over the years and it took me a really long time to realize, you know, like I really have a hard time implementing these visions. I have so many visions, but I don't, I can't make them come to life. Mm-hmm. And what I learned is that you need systems, you need systems. And that was such a revelation for me that it's not just work hard and have discipline. It's not that at all. Figure out where you go astray and figure out what systems you can put into place to keep you focused. It's just been such a huge, huge gift in my life, learning that I don't have to just kind of be stuck with the type of brain that I happen to have, right? The strengths and weaknesses that I happen to have that I can put systems and strategies into place to manage myself. I can manage myself. And wow, almost anything is possible when you figure that out. Yeah, and and just like you said, it doesn't always have to be just you. You know, maybe in order to be successful, you need to add a couple people. Oh, yeah. or you need to ask someone else for their expertise 
Um, I mean, going back to your podcast, I'm a very, you know, I'm a fan. And that's where I found a person, you know, Miranda to help me with my website. And she was able to do the specifics. And, you know, we can't be a jack of all trades, especially if, if we're if we're passionate in a certain area. Let the other person do that. So, yeah, I've, I've learned that, too. Usually we learn <laughs> it the hard way, right? As our head is, you know, going in 20 different directions. I remember um, there, there was something that said the average person has, I don't know, 5,000 thoughts a day. And I mentioned that to my children. And then my children said, oh, mom, you have so many more than that. <laughs> and I thought, stop, you know, but it's true. My head, you know, does fill a lot of thought. Exactly. Yeah. So what I try to do is just remember what it was like for me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and create solutions for what I would have wanted. So that might be helpful for you as well as you think through how are you going to teach other yoga teachers how to sequence you want to reverse engineer what you do now. How did you get here? And how can you help other yoga teachers get there faster? That's great. Thank you. Well, do you have any last questions? Anything that's not 100% clear for you? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm looking at all my notes and I'm just going to go over those. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much. This is just, this has been a gift to just talk it through. So thank you. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I'm looking forward to getting the link for the landing page so that anybody listening who wants 50 or so, she hasn't decided completely, but probably <laughs> about 50 yoga sequences, one per week delivered to your inbox, then you'll be able to, to jump on that. Thank you so much, Julie. Well, I know you, we will stay in touch because you're in the impact club and you're yes. in anatomy bites. Yes. So <laughs> I look forward to seeing how this all blossoms. Okay. Thanks for all your work. Thanks, Miguel. Okay. I think it's so cool that Julie was inspired by my content of 100 yoga class themes to write these 100 yoga class sequences. That kind of passion and action is exactly what you need in order to really make a difference in the world. During our conversation, Julie mentioned being a member of two different memberships from the Yoga Teacher Resource, the Impact Club and Anatomy Bites. The Impact Club is a business strategy support group for yoga teachers, and it's only available to graduates of flight school, which is a three-month online business strategy program. If that sounds up your alley, you can go to helloyogateacher.com slash flight to get on the wait list. Anatomy Bites is for all yoga teachers who want to learn anatomy in a fun and sustainable way. There are no prerequisites to join Anatomy Bites, but we only open the doors to the membership a few times a year, so we can really focus on supporting members the rest of the time. To get on the list to hear about the next time enrollment opens for Anatomy Bites, you can go to anatomybites.com. I really love that Julie signed up for both groups. It shows her dedication and commitment. And I also really love that you have listened all the way to the very end of this episode. Before I let you go, a gentle reminder to make time for your personal practice. I know for myself, when I'm in creation mode, it can be really tempting to push it aside. But when I make myself stop and move and then sit still, 
It really makes a difference in the quality of my work and also the quality of how I feel after I'm done working. One thing that helps me a lot is to set a timer and take little movement snack breaks, 10 minutes at a time. What I'm doing today is 10 minutes of practice for each hour that I'm working. So I hope this inspires you to build some pauses into your day. Let's support each other to do that. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for caring enough to teach yoga.